and welcome to this week's episode of Winging It with Katura and Friends. This week we are joined by Abigail Caddy, recent Food Network Chopped Champion. Um, Abigail is the chef and owner of Curated Caddy, a luxury catering service that provides fine dining experiences on both land and sea. Um, in this episode we share about uh, what it's like just maintaining a balance between an incredibly demanding career and um, managing a family and watching Abigail really take a huge bite out of life and um, seeming to do it all. (laughs) And she shares a little bit about what that looks like behind the scenes, some of the crazy, some of the fun, and some of her tips for um, just, you know, continuing to keep a balance and to just getting all of the things done. Can't wait to share this episode with all of you and stay tuned and enjoy the show. This week, we're joined by Abigail Caddy. Um, For anybody that doesn't know, Abby is my sister, and she's the recent Chopped Champion on the Food Network channel. So we're so excited to have you here just to share about that and to congratulate you on your win. Thank you. It was definitely exciting. (laughs) Um, What was it like competing on Chopped finally and kind of getting there? Um, You know, after all these years, did you ever see yourself competing on that show before? Um, It was a goal since I was younger because you know watching it you're always like am I a couch warrior where I'm just smack thinking that I'd know what to do with those red hots in that entree round or <laughs> would I actually know what to do and of course I got cotton candy in the first round and I was so um, <laughs> then I work with an energy healer who's incredible and just visualize yourself winning so every time I got nervous like I was in a blackout the whole time I don't even remember what I was putting in things yeah um, so it was like, I would just literally like, you know, moment where I'd walk through the door, shut down and cook. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if the two things can happen, you know, simultaneously, I guess I managed to make it work. Oh, well, I think so. I think everybody watching was just blown away. Um, everybody expected you to crush it. I think, you know, that was the exciting part. It was like, it was so hard to kind of hold it in because I just expected you to bring your A game because that's just how you roll. <laughs> um, and I think people are reaching out and they're like, oh my gosh, the things she does and the ideas that she has, you know, that you're so creative and so talented. And it was really cool to watch this moment for you to um, just to slay on TV <laughs> and to do everything that we all knew you're kind of that you're that you're capable of. Um, what you know, when you look back on your whole journey getting into the culinary arts, you know, where did you start and when did you find out that you first had a love for food? Um, I always like to joke and say that I started during our parents' divorce because, um, I mean, you know, when we were growing up, mom had to make everything from scratch. Dad was anti-processed foods. I can still tell if something's canned or fresh just because we weren't really allowed to have anything that wasn't fresh. Um, and then the divorce happened and she started ordering takeout. Suddenly soda was allowed and all this stuff. And I remember like just finally feeling like it was either we start cooking or we're going to turn into a giant takeout container. And so, you know, we started to adjust it a little bit because the novelty of, you know, the junk food mom kind of wore off because you know, it was great with her where she would cook, but it was like feast or famine. She was either, you know, waking us up with a gourmet breakfast or not cooking for two months. And that just didn't really work. So I started there and developed a passion for it and an understanding of it. And then I was supposed to work at the summer camp, Hayground in Bridgehampton, where I went to school and help out in the kitchen. And then the, um, the, the woman who was heading up the program, she was supposed to be like two days a week. And then I just didn't really know her schedule. I don't know that anybody really entirely knew it. So, <laughs> so like, but they needed more afternoon activities. So I left my job at the library. I was like 14 years old, biking to two different jobs and loved it and said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the culinary program. And then by the end of the season, my boss, who was also my art teacher, he and a huge mentor in my life. He said, oh, I just found out that you've been running this thing all summer really successfully. So next summer you get a team and it's now your program. That for years, I want to say at least nine years before I brought Naomi into it. And then it was about 12 years before I fully started to phase it out when I was at MindBody. Oh, wow. I, you know, I knew it went on for a while and I knew that um, I remember just visiting once in a while and just always feeling like, 
I don't know, I just was really blown away by the experience that I could tell the kids were having and just that it looked like they were feeling like that there was so much confidence in that room and so much happiness and that people they were genuinely genuinely excited to see you and there was this buzz and everybody wanted to be a part of your program. I like I remember parents, you know, specifically asking and kids just kind of running and looking for you and just like they couldn't wait to come back um the next year. And I think, you know, you were somebody definitely a fixture at that school and for people, you know a huge aspect of why they wanted to continue on at that summer camp was so I think hugely part um, attributed to that culinary program and you know working with kids what do you think um, you know what do you think the relationship to food with kids is you know why, why do you think it's important to teach kids how to cook and for them to be confident in kitchens and you know do you think that cooking has a profound impact on them well there are so many reasons why like Michelle Obama did that huge initiative on family dinners and you know, Felicia Rashad, it sounds silly, but like we have our kids' friends now who don't have, you know, a strong family, you know, family unit and they love coming over and doing dinner. I have my kids' friends asking if I'll make their birthday cakes. Our son likes to cook. He loves to eat. He also has behavioral problems. And I've noticed a huge difference in his behavior if he has a protein-rich breakfast versus pancakes or cereal or, you know, a bar or something like that you know, he's five, so it's not like I'm just feeding him a bar, but you know what I'm saying. I've noticed a huge difference in how he gets through his school day. If he has crackers or chips or, you know, just fruit as a snack, as opposed to cheese, boiled eggs, turkey, things like that. He needs certain things for his body. Um, You know, you'll learn just little things like that. You see little habits, little tricks. I remember one little boy at the camp, he was obsessed with like goldfish, buttered noodles and cucumber slices. And all of a sudden, one day, I was like, look, buddy, I'll make you a deal. We can make whatever you want tomorrow if you try this quinoa salad. And I had a really tart, like, lemony vinaigrette, and he ate it. And I think his body responded so well to the nutrients in there that his mom came in at the end of the day and said, my son just asked me to come ask you for a Greek quinoa salad recipe. So so confused. (laughs) I was like, oh, we liked that much, huh, kid? So... It's, you know, it's one of those things where you have a lot of fun with it. Or like even now as a yacht chef, I love, you know, taking little kids into the galley on charter, giving their parents a break. If it's a rainy day, giving them an activity, letting them take some ownership of their food. Um, I think it's really important for, for little people to develop autonomy with their taste buds. And I really hate when parents sell their kids short on what, they're, what they should eat. So, you know, a buttered noodle or chicken finger child didn't have to be that if you start them out with things like purees early that build profile nutrients just different things let them have fun with texture and flavor yeah I think um you know I do a lot of research just looking at the nutritional component on children's behavior and you know the necessity of incorporating a um, a really colorful diet um and just you know exploring a huge range of different foods and um you know I I tell people all the time like if you have a picky eater and a kid that just doesn't respond well to different things let them get involved in the kitchen and have them you know explore cooking with you because I think they're more you know it kind of piques their interest and they feel more you know excited about actually trying something different or something new when they've actually had a hand in creating it um you know, so I love that approach, you know, to getting kids actively involved. I think it's really important. And I think people need to do that more and not, you know, not be shy or pass the buck and just um, feel like they aren't going to be interested. You know, it doesn't take a lot to kind of work them in. Um, one, of, one of my absolute favorite techniques I've used to get picky eaters to eat. And this is what parents have actually hired me to do a lot, too. I love taking them into a store, especially if you go to like an Asian market or like, you know, like a Latin style market where you're finding really interesting, weird things that you're not seeing everywhere in the States. So you take them in and you say, okay, you have to pick out two really cool looking things in produce. Or, you know, if you go to like a really cool Asian market or a seafood market and you have a kid pick out something that they, that just looks weird you're going to have, they're going to pick out something that's completely wild to their taste buds. And sometimes even mine, things I haven't really worked with before, because it's usually going to be the most interesting, different looking thing. And then from there, they have to try it. They have to make something out of it. And they're going to want to, because they just picked out this weird thing. They have complete ownership and they're curious of what this, you know, foreign alien object is that, you know, even like my son, he, he's had dragon fruit before, but I think the name of it, he didn't really correlate it with having had it. 
right before I went to Chopped, I remember the night before he said, can you get me a dragon fruit? I want to see a dragon fruit and try it. And <laughs> the next, and you know, then I go to compete and I remember I just chuckled to myself when I saw the dragon fruit on the fruit plate. So I was like, well, I guess it's going into my crumble. <laughs> so, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh yeah, completely. It's just, it's one of those things where every time I've won a competition or I've created some crazy dish, it's because I think of like what he and my, my husband would want to eat. And it's like, you know, it's, that's where I would say I cook with my heart and I put all of it into it because the, it calms my nerves when I know that it's something I would feed them. My nerves immediately just go away and I get creative and I have fun. And they always laugh and say, do, do billionaires know that they're eating what your five-year-old eats? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you know, I always wondered how you kind of approach um, creating recipes and how you design menus and what, you know, where you get your inspiration from because, you know, like I can only really tackle so many different things and I feel like I've mastered so many dishes and I might try something new, but like, do you have any recommendations for people who kind of are approaching burnout and how they can, you know, just kind of reignite that spark to get back in the kitchen and just to get creative um, when it comes to family meal planning. Cause that's like, you know, for a lot of people, that's a huge chore and people just get burnt out and bored. You need to have fun with it. So I think that it's really important to interact even like it's, it's hard even for us. Like we go out a lot because I'm working constantly. And even though we do meal prep and everything, you know, like Gavin always says, we should really be, you know, meal prepping for ourselves while we're doing our clients' orders. And I was like, yeah, but here's the thing. I sometimes don't want to eat what I just spent all day cooking. Sometimes I can't even stand the smell of stuff that I've been cooking. Like I remember one time I won a competition. And this is not a, a good tip for families or kids, but <laughs> I, won, I won and they come to interview me and I'm literally sitting there eating a Hot Pocket because I could not fathom real food. So that cardboard with the, you know, fake cheese in the center it was perfect. <laughs> I know, I've so, seen that actually go around a lot, like online, or you know, they show chefs working in a kitchen and what they were producing for their clients, and then they go home and they're eating like a horrible bowl of like you know cereal, like stale cereal or gr- grilled cheese or like whatever you find. You don't even want to know how beautifully you can jazz up some top ramen. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you go. <laughs> so you know, it it is. It's one of those things where it, it's really, really difficult sometimes for me. So as a family, like, I'm really patient. They're like, okay, what do you want today? Or, you know, I've just had to get better too. Just like, you know, my old faithfuls. I prefer to cook though a lot. So, you know, like tonight, for example, I just got back from six weeks away where I've bounced all over the place because there's been constant flight cancellations. I haven't seen the kids. Gavin's been home alone with them. He's holding down the fort, planning events and, you know, booking out our fall basically. And, I came home, we went out yesterday, had a beautiful date night at Anthony's Runway, and then, you know, back home, I'm like, you know, I really just want to cook tonight and chill and just relax, enjoy the family, go to the gym, go to the beach, get back into my healthy habits. Um, There's another really amazing, like, kids vitamin that I recently discovered. So it came up in an ad um, at our pediatrician's office. It was, like, on in a magazine or something, and then I looked it up. Then I got Instagram ads, and, you know, the algorithm got me good. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Once they got you. Oh, yeah. I just got Zane a subscription to um, this kid's vitamin called First Day. Okay. And it's literally designed with a for kids like three to eight, I believe it is. And it's two little gummy bear vitamins a day. But it's this like vitamin complex that's meant to help, you know, curb their appetites and help with behavioral things that might be, a re- you know, result of like, you know, childhood hypoglycemia, basically. And... I've noticed a massive difference in his behavior. And he even said to me the other day, you know, since my new vitamins, I don't get so hangry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so. you know, they say nutritional deficiencies contribute to behavioral um, things massively. Like, you know, and I don't want to say disorders, but but just from on a small scale, like the spectrum and that huge range of behavioral um, issues nutritional deficiencies 10 out of 10 times has a severe impact on it so i think you know um, incorporating vitamins um you know and just covering your bases i think what you're doing with high protein um packed meals i think also is a is just a really great way to um to try to navigate that and to try to help (laughs) um and you know and i think you have witnessed a major shift um you know and that he's just you know he seems really grounded his energy used to be kind of like it would be really hard for him to focus or he'd feel, you know, he just, 
little kids are busy. Like they're always busy. <laughs> but I think that, that's a like, nice way of saying it. What? <laughs> he's, he, as, uh, that's a nice way of saying it. Cause that kid is always in everything, but he's very curious and he's, he's super into it. Or I love like, it, you know, I love this. But I remember one time he was like, he wasn't feeling well. He had like this chronic cold and we went to go get lunch. Buddy, how are you feeling? Like whatever you want. And he goes, I just want the grilled salmon and some broccoli. And I was like, what is this? Like, you know, if, if it, it's just so, but that again is a difference kid who, you know, wants junk food, craves it. And a kid that actually has a pretty balanced diet. No, I think he has a really great palate. And I think even the girls, you know, Katie and Chloe and just the way you've had them working in the kitchen. And I remember um, dad being down and just being incredibly impressed with how they move in the kitchen. And that, you know, a lot of kids don't possess those skills. And that's a major life skill, you know, and just to be able to like time management skills, the things that you learn in a kitchen that um, and being able to work with other people and just to interact that, um, you know, and I've watched them when you have events or, you know, the way they kind of just jump in. If you direct them, it's like they know what you're what you're suggesting or what they what you expect or what you want from them and how to jump in and, you know, to make a difference. (laughs) Um, And that I think that's years of kind of conditioning and being around you so I think that's really awesome they they have a very cool appreciation and understanding of it and like I remember when the baby was little because traveling all the time is really really hard and it's more taxing I think on me than it is even on them at this point because I miss them and I get FOMO and it's really hard yeah Um, I think you know I I was wondering so it was literally just a result of what's going on flights right now and it was really 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 difficult you navigate i mean especially um and we're kind of jumping into it but you know it's like wow you know working in the yacht industry and balancing having a family life you know being a yacht chef and how demanding that is um and the amount of travel that you have to do and so much of the job implies that you are away (laughs) like um you know how do you you know, how do you balance that? And how do you kind of, you know, I've watched you jump off a boat and, you know, immediately like you're running right into making birthday dinners and birthday cakes at like 11 or midnight and making sure that they have these amazing days. Then, you know, as soon as you're back and the way you coordinate things for them and that you, when you're home and you're on and you're present, like you give 200% of yourself. Um, you know, do you find yourself kind of burning out sometimes and trying to maintain that balance with everything? Oh, yeah. I'm a fire-breathing dragon when I come home sometimes. F this, F that. No one appreciates me. Screw it. Feed yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that the insanity or like, you know, the, the it, it's definitely I go into overdrive. I become a micromanager. It's something that's really difficult on our marriage. Like, you know, he can't stand it when He's when I'm away, I'm telling him how to parent and how to this and how to that. And it's because it's not the way I would always do it. But I have to get better at just remembering that, you know, having the gratitude for the fact that he is doing it. And I really do love what I do. But I get I get resentful sometimes. I'm like, oh, must be nice to have a nice beach day with them. Did they do their (laughs) homework? Did they clean? Like, I'm I'm a crazy person. I can't help myself. You know, I have got my little minion all the time like you know it's, it's it, like I've got all these people that have such an amazing tribe like I say means because it's just like, the funniest like, I just have this great little team of people that help and do everything like we've got this girl Ashley that works with us she's incredible we met her once at like Flanagan's she was our server and the kids were being awful I was embarrassed and she was just so calm I was like I need your number <laughs> I think I yeah. need you in my life and I think you have like this huge adopted family and it's this traveling tribe of um, I mean, I always say like restaurants and the and you know or the odds, just the mix of people that you get in the culinary world. It's um, it's really colorful. That's <laughs> the best way to say it. <laughs> and I think that the kids have had so many characters in their life, but it's really made them really interesting. And that you know those kids can navigate conversations with anyone. <laughs> um, and then you bring in like people who haven't even you know tuned in or heard Gavin yet, and just listening to Abby's husband, it's like. It's a pretty wild dynamic, but it works. And Oh, my God. There was one time, it was during COVID, we brought the baby to New York to help me move off of a boat. Because, like, my steward and I, we were stealthily quitting all summer. So, we were, like, moving our stuff off slowly and slowly. Because we'd been living on this thing for three years. Just, like, you know, 
impulse buying and hoarding whenever we were depressed. So, so we just kept collecting. Next thing you know, my bed was a closet. So we went to move off this boat and had slowly been packing all summer. I have Gavin come down with the baby so I can get my bicycle, my suitcase, all this stuff. My suitcase is overweight. We've got a two-year-old running through the airport during COVID with his little mask on and his little like fireman backpack, but still called a backpack. And then all of a sudden, they're like, miss, you're three pounds overweight. I was like, whatever, I don't care. They're like, it'll be $150. I was like, F that. So then I'm sitting there taking things out. Gavin's making me put my bulkiest things on. I'm like, all right, got it down. And then we like get through security again with a bicycle, a car seat, a toddler, and like all this luggage. I literally just moved a small apartment off of this boat. And we're so excited. We finally make it through. We find one open bar at a terminal. And so we're like taking a triumph shot. We're like, yeah, we made it. Yes. Because like I'm still very new to traveling with kids. And, you know, (laughs) he's still very much so like, you know, watching him travel sometimes is really interesting. Like we get to New York recently and he's like, I forgot all of my shirts. I'm like, how? I asked you, can you finish packing your own stuff? You said yes. How did you just leave them? Oh, it's just like, <laughs> like such a dude, which is funny because especially his background of being a lawyer, I'm like, he's so together and he presents so well. But- no, so he, well, so like we're doing this like triumphant, like, yes, we made it, like, you know, the high five, chest bump, like, it's like a straight up sitcom, like, you know, parenting, succeeding, we've, we've, we've accomplished this, we've survived the, the struggle. Then all of a sudden, I look over and the baby's like bathing under a hand sanitizer, like those electronic ones. Oh, God. <laughs> He's like, literally, he loved hand sanitizer during COVID. That kid couldn't have got it if he tried. He was literally lathering himself. I think his hair was like, you know, rinsing down in it. And all of a sudden, I look and there's a flight attendant and a captain and a security guard going, where are your parents? And he points over at me as I'm knocking back my shot. Oh, great. I was like, oh, my God. But it's one of those things where, like, you can't make it up and it just is what it is. And I dare them to try and travel with him like that. <laughs> well, I think, um, you know, because you've had a very, like, you were very independent and you've always kind of, you know, I remember when you were moving out of your apartment in Sag Harbor and just, like, you know, living in the village and going from that life and then transitioning into a very, like, settled life with kids, um, you know, and I, and I'm like, wow, you've really, you know, conquered so many things about, you know, kind of, I want to say, um, you know, making those compromises to be able to accommodate a family life, but still maintaining some of the pizzazz and like all of the things that are you and all of this beautiful stuff that just makes you you and kind of blending the two, like, we're, you know, I feel like you haven't totally lost yourself in joining this family and just and helping them grow. <laughs> um, but I feel like what are some of the obstacles or some of the challenges that you find, you know, that you've come across in having a blended family that you would share with other people kind of tuning in? Um, well, first off, I love so fiercely and they are definitely, you know, like my kids in so many ways that it is extremely challenging to you know, not get to call the shots. I am, I am, like I just said, I'm a little bit of a control freak and I do have my own kind of way of parenting and things like that. So it's difficult to not be able to call all the shots. Um, it's really hard to remember to always be kind to my partner because I have to remember that he's navigating a lot of really difficult, you know, things, relationships, women, different, different, different dynamics. Right. And he has to put me first as his partner. He has to put his kids first. Like there's a lot of firsts here because I need to come first as his wife and his business partner and the stepmother slash mother to his children. And he also has to put the kids first because they're growing little people that he has a primary responsibility to, which also means he has to navigate their, their the relationships with their mothers. And, you know, they're extremely difficult. They don't really cut a lot of slack. And it's hard, too, because I don't think that the kids always appreciate just how much he puts them first. Um, so basically, there's a lot of challenges. The only thing I can say, and this is something I'm still not perfect at, it's remembering to always be kind to myself, my partner, and trying to remember that we're always on the same team, even when I want to point my finger at his face and go, this is your fault. This is your <laughs> problem. <laughs> because I, I can't help myself. No, I can't help it. But I'm working on it. It's a work in progress, and that's all it's ever going to be. I mean, you know, I have a blended family, too, and it's, you know, it's hard to, um, 
there gets to be a point where you're like, wow, okay, like this person has made a commitment. Like this isn't really their bag, you know, it's like, but they've made a commitment to me and they've welcomed all of this that's attached to it. And to still honor that person, you know, apart from all of this, you know, like to honor who that person was before to value their input and you know making sure that your voice is valid in this parenting experience you know and that you know, it's like once you've made this decision to move forward together um to extend that respect to this person who's made a huge life decision in kind of welcoming your crazy <laughs> has it gotten easier to kind of your authority as a parent in this dynamic and in this partnership um you know like that transition to feeling like you own your spot there and that you've like you've put in the time and you do the work (laughs) (laughs) well that was like a big thing is a couple years ago I remember when I was gone constantly he's like look if you want to you know spearhead this and be the parent then then you know you're gonna have to, to spend more time like I don't have more time and energy to spend but I did so then when I came home in excuse of I'm tired and hiring help or having a sitter or having this having that all right I'm suiting up and showing up and I'm going to start to do carpool and I'm going to start to do this and I'm going to do it. Now, that's where then it became superwoman in a lot of ways because it was just, you know, I can either keep shirking responsibility and hiring people to raise the kids and do all this stuff or I can do the hard work even though I'm already doing other hard work and earn the place. And it had a profound impact on my relationship with the kids. It really did. We're now, you really want me home? You want me to see that? You're sure? Because I was really not nice the other day. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'm doing something good because she still asked me. Their friends have seen me yell at them, cancel playdates because somebody's being bad, all this stuff. Somehow it still works out where they're like, yeah, no, my mom wouldn't let me do that. So everything that I love about like who you are, like you've never dropped being authentic and being like, just really colorful and being yourself and you it's like what you see is what you get and there's um but then there's this part of you that's so nurturing and so motherly and so loving and I think that's why people are so drawn to you because you're gonna have a good time and you know you're gonna have fun and you know that you're gonna be fed well and I think the kids like are growing up in that energy with you you know you make these ridiculous um things possible and you bring all this fun into their world and you I mean, the birthday parties and the friends and the way that you're very open, you know, it's, um, I don't think you're intimidated by like a crowd or a mess. <laughs> you just show up and you're like, okay, look, let's do this. And I think it's, it's just so cool. Saying it's a work in progress every day. But, but the thing that I always remind myself of too, is even if they were my biological children, I would still ha- hate my teenage daughter some days. I would still fight with the baby some days because he's just not listening and does, like, you know, well, Nuggets, Nuggets, Nugget, he never says no to me. He's really sweet. Occasionally he gets really mouthy and I'm like, oh, my baby. <laughs> but, but, you know, you have to remind yourself that even if, and like, you know this, you've got sex, like even if they were, you know, fine, I'm going to go to my husband crying that my teenage daughter isn't being nice to me because it's just what happens. It's the dynamics. It's how they grow. It's the, you know, the female struggles. It's, Gavin's told us that when, you know, when the girls all start PMSing that he's, we all have to go on vacation or he's leaving. <laughs> like, oh, no, I know. That's like Sean, too, because uh, I'm like, for anybody that doesn't know, I have five daughters. Like, I only have one boy. So we're always like, oh, my God. And so the joke is always that, like, we have to have an accessory building or like that we're going to move into like a mother-in-law suite and the kids can take the main house because, you know, the girls will need their own brooding done because we're like, oh, my God, absolutely not. Like. <laughs> It's just, I don't think anything's really has me prepared for what that's going to look like. Um, because it's already starting, like the little fangs and claws are coming out and you can just hear them. It's like the squabbling and the bickering and it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, I just can't listen to it. So I have to close the door and just walk away. Um, because otherwise I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm just losing my mind, just correcting them and telling them to knock it off. And I'm like, you know what? You guys are like, need, need to just work this out amongst yourselves. <laughs> that's where I'm like honestly I'm like Gavin you can't leave us here alone though like we'll kill each other (laughs) (laughs) I think like I don't know you know I've watched it um you know especially the girls are definitely coming into their own a bit more and it's like it's definitely interesting because um you're so used to them looking like these small kind of petite little people like they're just shorter and now like that they're gaining on us you know and they're kind of catching up in a way and they're kind of strutting around like 
they're like you know they're owning their space a little bit differently and I'm just like excuse you <laughs> like ex- excuse me <laughs> and I saw it even with Chloe the other day and I'm like whoa like it's just changing so much you know <laughs> yeah it's the whole thing I mean it's funny too because like because she doesn't really understand it yet and the other day I had so I'm rushing off a plane my phone was broken I had no service for like four weeks because the Hamptons is a dead zone because there's too many people and then the Bahamas is a dead zone because service when they feel like it on Harbor Island so I have no service forever after I get service I can't move quickly enough to send anything out so I'm trying to run a business from these remote locations while I'm working I've had flight cancel after flight cancel after flight cancel. I slept a chip kitty at my next job. Like every time I was set to go home, the flights would cancel. So I had to literally just go to my next destination. So it was really difficult. Oh, it was like, she goes, wait, you still haven't been home since the last time I saw you. I oh said, my gosh. No, <laughs> I haven't been home since the last time you saw me. She was like, oh my God. It was like literally just two days after I was on a plane. It's like we barely got to celebrate our one year anniversary. We barely celebrated Gavin's birthday. Well, I mean, barely. I did throw a massive party, but <laughs> um, so it was a lot. It was challenging. So you know, I'm sitting there at T-Mobile, about to go off on the man. I was, and he goes, "Miss, you do know I'm trying to help you, right?" And I was like, <laughs> "I said so." Then help me. <laughs> so then Chloe just Chloe was done. Alfonso doesn't know how tired you are, does he? <laughs> so, you right. Know. You're like, don't bring your nonsense today. Like, I am not the one because, um, you know, and that's where I'm like, you know, you definitely come across as a very strong person. Um, like, and you're very result driven, you know, because and I think especially just the industry that you're in and working with the clientele that you have, like, but perfection will do. Like, it has to be the best. And that pressure that you have to perform and just to do that. So I think, like, I don't know if, I don't think you have a, a high tolerance level for people who don't perform. <laughs> I know that if I've always said they feel like I have more than 24 hours in a day, the amount of directions that I manage to split myself, I'm honestly shocked sometimes. And I will get, like, my anxiety will catch up to me or the exhaustion where all oh I don't know if I can keep going and that's where Gavin is really good at like you know sometimes breaking point he notices it but he's getting better and better at it of just being like okay let's take that off now okay let's not have that be a thing right now and you know even with work like I'm having I have a hard time sometimes saying justifying or when people try to haggle like I'm the kind of person where if you want to insult me like that then, because I'm already very fair and I'm extremely good, and th- the market's been doing crazy things, and I'm trying to be fair with all of this. Oh my God, it just, it's just so funny. Because I remember like years ago when I first became like a stepmom and I first entered the freelance market, I had it out with this one captain because he called me in on his first day on the job and said, I'm allowing you to go to your doctor's appointment. I said, My doctor's appointment was scheduled long before the old captain quit like what do you mean you're allowing me to use my medical insurance before we leave the country for four months and that didn't sit well um and then i said well look the deal is that i will stay as long as i get to prioritize my family and then with it within reason when we're in this i will work a normal schedule make sure the crew is fed but i'm not going to do a monday through day nine five just kill time when you're going to take me out of the country for months on end where i don't own so then he called me in at like 8 a.m. I said, well, he's like, I'm respecting your personal schedule. I said, no, you're not. You asked me to come and have a coffee meeting before my school, which means I did not get to take him. I did not have breakfast with him and to discuss your new agenda on a day that I've had off for two weeks. Right before I already knew it, I could already sense where this was going to go. And I was like, I'm going freelance. That's it. If this conversation does not go the way it's supposed to go based on the image say, I'm leaving. So the night before I had like, you know, a couple glasses of wine and I applied everywhere. Before this conversation was even done, I had seven job interviews scheduled the next morning. Oh, wow. You so, go. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's, let's see where this goes. And I already knew what the answer was going to be in my head, but I was going to wait until the owner's came to town. I was going to give them a tasting menu, see if they surprised me with keeping their agreement. And everybody was flexing, and it was the stupidest thing they could have done. They've been through 27 chefs since I left. And so I 
you know, went freelance, booked out a few charters and just started to fill up my schedule. This one captain was referred my information. I think finally I said, look, like, you know, I, I'll, I'll listen to it, but honestly, I'm pretty booked. So he's like, okay, well, because of COVID, you can't fly out. And it's going to be four months. It starts rattling off all the information. I was like, okay, I don't necessarily need to leave. I have people come see me because, you know, if I can't have them even come see me, if we have a few, we should have a couple of days a week off, then I'm not going to just sit there and stare at walls like my family to come see me. Right. Oh, you have a family? I don't need some overly emotional mother on the boat, is what he said. And I remember I said to him, I said, well, sir, a pro to having a mother is I'm not, you know, off trying to go bar hopping whenever I have time off work. My goal is to make my money and go home to my family. Right. I said, so there's already a big plus to my work ethic. I said, that being said, you're the one calling me. So best of luck. I hope you find for your program. A couple months later, you know, a week later, one of my friends calls and was like, oh, yeah, I got this job. And I was like, oh, okay, I know the captain. Hopefully you enjoy it. <clears throat> and he liked it for about a month, two months. And where I was like, oh, maybe I, I didn't, you know, maybe I should have taken the gig. It sounds like he's having a good time over there. You know, sweet. All of a sudden he calls me. The captain's nuts. I just quit. He won't book my flight out. Flight, trying to get out of here. It was like a really toxic exit. Then I get a phone call. Ice cream after I pick up my friend from the airport with the baby. And he goes, hi, I don't know if you remember me. It's so and so, you know, I need a chef starting Monday. And I was like, it's Friday, Monday. I was like, that's pretty quick. What happened? I said, well, you know, I certainly do remember you. I, I'm not available because I'm with my children right now. Best mm. of luck. And there's something empowering about that. Or even now, like when I'm adjusting my rate or people ask questions. Even recently, like I had a trip keep extending. And old me just swallows it, takes it. In reason. I need to go home to see my family at least every three weeks. That that number's probably dropped now because I'm just not used to being away from them that long. But yeah, you know, I just did six weeks from plane to plane to plane to plane, location to location to location. I'm very blessed in the sense that Gavin was able to come and join those trips, and the baby came on one. But it's a lot of work because you know we still have to navigate timeshare with it. We have to navigate you know kids that are home, childcare, everything. But, oh no, that's like it's a huge logistical, you know, fiasco. But somehow, oh yeah, yeah, it's it, like there's so much to it. There's also a constant. I mean, you've been part of it where you're like, all right, I guess I'm driving down to Lauderdale. And like you know, <laughs> keep them for a night until the sitter can get there and all this stuff because it's a lot and it does. Like I said, it takes a tribe for sure. But basically, like within reason, I need to go home to see them. But that does not mean that I'm going to allow a boat to just pigeonhole me. And that's why I'm freelance and I own my own business because I can say no. And there's also a point where it does not pay for me to be on location running five events. I should not be on a boat running one anymore. It's happened to our business and my time. So it's great because we have a, a fantastic team. We've got several chefs that are working with us. We've got, you know, some prep chefs, we've got Ashley, we've got, you know, Gavin's gotten really, really, really managing things, overseeing, handling the invoices, handling the proposals, handling the menu. So that's taken a lot. The fact that I was able to run everything this week without a phone even. While- it's a huge testament to the team that you do have and that you didn't have to micromanage or jump in, you know, to coordinate every single aspect of it, I'm sure. Oh, um- yeah. My stress and anxiety was also not like jumping you know spiking like a crazy person it's you know i was able to kind of be focused but the trip was supposed to end about three days earlier and it kept prolonging and extending and i understand it was not the fault it was you know another another vessel basically was just pigeonholing things by not communicating their arrangements to pick up the guests so i got that but finally i was like oh no i can't stay and he was like you can't like shocked it's not a thing. Like, you know, we're we, typically as yachties, we eat it. We go, okay, okay. And finally, I was like, no, I can't. I said, this is supposed to end and I have in writing. 21st. I'm leaving on the 22nd. And, uh, like, that was the worst case scenario. So I'm leaving on the 22nd. That is already past worst scenario. Beyond that, I'm not explaining to my child another time that I'm not coming home when I promised him. Mm. And there's something very empowering about that. And then, you know, it's also like the okay, well, my business partner, husband, and business manager booked my flight i don't have an option to take a different one unless it's discussed with him 
He's about the rate. He does the invoicing. So when people want to tell me, oh, well, you know, when I feel to be like, well, you're going to have to discuss it with my business partner and husband. You tell him that it's not worth it because right. I didn't make the invoice. If he agrees to a lower rate, that's your call. Because it's just, yeah. I don't like feeling steamrolled. And I also like to take the hostility out of it in business. Like I'm in a personal industry and I like to get to know my clients. And a lot of it is my personality and we build relationships. I don't like when then all of a sudden I have to have this, you know, money conversation, which might not be very businesswoman like, but I just don't like it. I would like to keep the, you know, the guessing game out of it. I, I don't like when, you know, every so often you get one man where because I'm a 30 year old female, me a little bit about it. Yeah. And so it's nice to have that backup and that backbone and say, well, you deal with him about this. And I'm, I'm happy to feed you, but you tell him why you think that you should pay less than anybody else is right now. You know, I was wondering, you know, just what it's like running a business with your husband and, you know, what are some of the things that are so awesome about it and what can be hard? And I think, you know, you've definitely, um, I know there are other things that you think are uniquely awesome about this experience and working with your husband as your business partner. It's it's amazing. I really do love it. Um, first off, we've spent a lot of time together. Our business does involve travel, so it's great. And, you know, because he is the primary child, like child care whenever I'm gone or even when we're home, he take, he spearheads that a lot since I am the head chef and this has been like my passion project for my whole life. And he just honestly was because of COVID that he was working from home a lot already and things just kind of shifted. I got really busy shortly before our wedding. I remember I just like crumbled and cried and said, I'm so overwhelmed. I have so much to do. And he was like, well, I can do it. You want me to do the delivery? You want me to do this? You want me to do that? I remember one time we we're doing like a catering drop off to a marina and then we're trying to take the kids to lunch. So I'm like, Chloe, wrap the bows. Cause it's like a bachelorette. So we've got like pink bows for all the platters and stuff. And I'm like, you know, rushing to get it there on time with crazy traffic during like spring break. And Chloe's wrapping these big pink chiffon ribbons on all of these platters in like the third row of the Volvo. It was hilarious. I mean, it's definitely a family affair. Like, this is a real family business. And <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about winging it, I'm like, man, but you show up, everything's got style. It's totally perfect. It's, you know, it's presented just, you know, beautifully. But I'm like, wow, the behind the scenes, you know, it's like um, opening night of a huge theater production and it's your first run through and you're like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> and it's like, like just watching, you know, the movement and the running and the franticness and then somehow and the you know working till 3 a.m and having to do deliveries like what does your night look like you 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 end and then you have to run out and deliver by what time um so i would probably have less crazy evenings if i did not prioritize having dinner with my family so much (laughs) (laughs) but but it is something that's really important so you know those memories with the kids are just never gonna not be worth it um so it is like, I will prep, we will go on site, we'll do whatever we have to do to get it done. And then, you know, it depends on delivery time. We've got, like I said, we've got this incredible, incredible team of people that get it done. So I'm able to set it up, get it all set up. Like before I went to go compete on Chopped, I was working until like four in the morning every day for like weeks, trying to build enough in advance and deep freeze and pre-prep and do this and do that and menu organization and sending out invoices and proposals to get everything organized so that I could leave to compete for just two days. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah, because it was boat show week too. So then I literally, right after I won, we wrapped up, I think at like 8, 8.30, got back to the hotel, changed, went to a nice you know celebratory dinner, got back to the hotel by 11, was up at five to be at Newark to fly back to Florida in time for the first day of boat show. It's just, I mean, I, that's where I said, I'm like, I don't know if I've come across anybody that really works as hard as you do. And I know I've met some people who, who work really hard, but it's just those long, insane hours. And just, it's, you know, do you feel like the trade-off of really having your own business is, is worth it? Would you change anything about it? Or like, do you absolutely love doing this? Um, I mean, you know, I was like, you know, dog walking at 6am before school and I'm not a morning person or, you know, then hopping right off the bus, dog walking, and then rushing to my babysitting job on a bicycle. Like, I've always been like this. Yeah, you so, do have an amazing work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I I kind of, I, 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 I get a high of it, off of it almost. I really do. So I'm learning to 
look at that sometimes and say, okay, do I really need that? Or like, you know, the, the, the trade-off of family, like yesterday we were at lunch with the kids and I'm on my phone working the whole time and I just got back and Gavin's like, you haven't been here at all. You have not been present today. And I was like, okay, put it in the bag. And it's hard to do sometimes, but I'm learning more and more to set, you know, hours, put my phone on, do not disturb, leave it somewhere, get a separate phone line so that I can actually start to separate myself. And that's really important. Um, but it was really cool too. Cause like when I thought I might get stuck on that other trip, like one extra day, I called the baby and I said, look, I need to know right now I'm supposed to come home. I told you one more sleep, but if it's two more sleeps, is that going to upset you? And he said, you can stay if you want. After he gave me like 30 seconds of silence, (laughs) (laughs) he said, you can stay if you want. I said, I don't want to stay. I want to come home. That's what I would prefer. But are you going to be upset? Because I can tell you right now that the captain and the, the guests might not like if I leave a day early. But I don't really care about upsetting them because you've been disappointed a few times this, in the past two months. So what, are you, what, what matters to you? And he got really quiet and he goes, I want you to make money if you have to for our family. <laughs> he said, and then I'll see you oh. in two sleeps. It's interesting, you know, I find that you and Gavin include the kids in a lot of conversations and that you always have, you know, interacted with them. Um, You know, you just, you level, you guys level up with them. Like, you let them, you know, get involved. You let them, you know, provide real feedback. And not everybody does that. Um, Or the way that things get thoroughly explained. I used to be like, wow, Gavin really over-explains stuff. Like, I I was like, wow, like, I don't know if I really give it that attention. You know, I'm very short and I don't give explanations necessarily i'm just kind of because i'm like all right i gotta keep it keep it moving um and then i looked at it and i was like wow maybe i should do that more because i find that the more i when i really sit down and have a real conversation and explain it even to elizabeth who's three they absorb way more than you think um and that (laughs) and they're actually able to navigate the different things or let down you know disappointment they're actually able to navigate it and interpret it and um in some ways it actually prevents, you know, these meltdowns or these big reactions because they're like, no, I understand. And I'm like, oh, taking the time to just help you understand, like, that's, that's what it takes. You know, and Sean's really good at that. Um, and I've, and a few other people that I've come across, I'm like, you know, I really need to take the time <laughs> um, to have real conversations because kids are way more, uh, you know, they're way more able to handle conflict and disappointment when you actually treat them like people. <laughs> go figure (laughs) no basically like yeah it's it's it definitely helps because people think that kids don't understand but when you treat them like they're not humans and they don't get to have a say that they're not supposed to get disappointed just because we said so that's not realistic yep um you know if somebody told me i'm going to change your plans fifty thousand times now you're going to get on this school bus and you're going to go sit there and then today you're going to go to after school until five then i expect you to come home do homework and eat dinner with your family and not bitch and moan that you're tired i'd say you've lost your mind right (laughs) so it's a lot little people big feelings it's always a big thing so you know you have to remember the other day zane was being really naughty and i had just gotten home from work and he's being naughty i said that's it bedtime (laughs) he had a meltdown yeah i could see this little look of like you know but no 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 i promise i promise please 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 can we just watch a show and cuddle and i was like you know what he's right because i don't want to send him to bed i haven't seen him so i'm sure he's just as disappointed as i am so we came downstairs we did it of course, he was the annoying little brother going, I just farted, Katie. And Katie, the, the little prissy nine-year-old sister who loves her princess dresses in her Ukraine, she goes, that's disgusting. And she's crying. And, you know, then they're fighting over popcorn. But you look at them and you're like, you know what? That's what they're supposed to do. Mom just got home. It's not going to be a normal night. They're going to go to bed a little late. We're going to do the presents. Then, then you know, it's it's just, it's interesting to see them all adjusting. And it's, it's not, it's not. Again, I'm a stepmom with a husband who's 21 years older and, you know, three stepkids who I've basically raised. I've had a huge impact on who they're becoming and who they are. And we're getting ready for back to school. We've got so many details and so many things. And there's a lot of logistics that are really complicated. And I travel for a living. Dad's now traveling more than ever because he's partnered. 
we have a really interesting dynamic where it's, you know, all these little adjustments. So we have to kind of just figure it out as we go. We're writing our own story and writing our own rules. It's like that really cheesy line at the end of like Sex and the City where she's like, you know, we color our own ways or like, you know, coloring outside the lines. It's a stupid thing that Carrie always says. It's like, you know what? It's true though. Life is not black and white. It's very, very gray. There are no rules for the perfect way to be a parent. There's no rules for the perfect way to be a partner. And there are no rules to, to you know, know how to do business. Like starting a business as a female, I have girlfriends call me all the time. They're like, I'm starting a business. So how did you do it? I'm like, that's a very broad question. <laughs> because I'm still figuring it out. And, you know, things are going well and I've got a concept and I have ideas, but it's a lot. Well, I think so much of it, like you learn as you go, um, you know, and that's where I'm like, okay, like I always love to talk to people and any, and um, I mean, I'm still new at this, but some of the conversations I've had, I'm like, okay, what are the pitfalls? Like, what are the, some of the things that you wish you knew um, that you've kind of found out a little bit later? Like, what are some critical pieces of advice that you could, that, um, and some of the broad strokes of just practicing business for anybody tuning in and just starting out in business as a woman, especially. Um, yeah, I think that it's, it's definitely tricky. I think the biggest thing is just remembering that I've chosen to own my own power by being an entrepreneur. So nobody can tell me what the rules are. If you mm. don't like the conditions under which I'm willing to do business, that is your, you know, that is completely your, your right. But it's my right to say, that I'm not going to do business any other way then. Now, obviously, you have to understand at which points it's important for you to be flexible because you don't want to completely write people off, write things off. Like the other day, I had this one you know, new prospective client where I was like, I'm not working with her. She's difficult. I'm not doing it. It's not worth it. So I handed it off to Gavin. And of course, with his little accent, his little charm and his, his business sense. He turned it into a sale and turned it into something more lucrative than what she was willing to offer, which is what I needed to not turn it away. And it's worked out. So I'm like, okay, that's where my hot head temperament and my stress needs to know where to share the load. And I'm getting better at that. Um, I don't know. It's again, you just got to kind of learn as you go. And I also don't take, I don't look for the easy answers. There are a lot of things I don't know. And I'm going to have to figure them out. There are different mentors that I need to take better advantage of, but I need the time to do it. There are just different things that you can really, you know, utilize the resources. But I also kind of have that, like, you know, giddy up cowboy mentality to this where, like, my whole career, it's like, well, if I don't know, I better figure it out. It's like the first time I had to drive on the wrong side of the road on the wrong side of the car. <laughs> like, you know, I had to go grocery shopping. They gave me a little hoopty with a hole in the trunk. <laughs> in, in the Bahamas, had my first car accident and, and everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh no. I, I got a notice that said I was going to go to jail and I didn't understand what this piece of paper said. It called Gavin crying. I'm like, they're going to put me in jail. I had an accident. It wasn't my fault. He goes, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, I think that's what you're going to like, you know, you take big risks and live life like really to the fullest. And I always say like, you live life with these big experiences. You share that with your kids and your parenting style. Like you guys don't shy away from traveling and from having experiences just because you have kids. You're like, well, guess what? You're coming with because like, this is just the way our life is. Um, And you've made their world so big and expansive that way, which, you know, I'm like trying to find ways to do that and to, you know, to get the kids out more and to expose them more to things because I'm like yeah you know they've been kind of sheltered and my kids are really in their own little world and we just we stay like as a small family unit and kind of just do our thing (laughs) and that has its really nice aspects too but I'm like I want them to have you know just open them up to the world and let them be a little bit more global you know um, what are recommendations you have for people traveling and kind of just trying to get their kids just to give them more of a global world view? <laughs> just do it. Have fun with them and have them do it. Like, I remember we were supposed to go to uh, a Lord Huron concert in Chicago to celebrate, you know, it was like a belated, you know, mini honeymoon because we hadn't done one. We just did our, our largest event today at that point, And it was like a 150 person baby shower. So we're like, yeah, let's go. So we hopped on a plane at 5 a.m. right after we did this massive event, got home at like 10 o'clock at night from it, brought the baby. My friend was supposed to babysit. She fell asleep or something and flaked out on me. So I called the venue. I'm like, okay, so we flew in for this concert. Our sitter flaked. Do you allow children? And I lied. I said, he's five. He was four. 
I said, because, you know, to me, five sounded better than four. Like, they might let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> so the lady goes, well, the good news is we allow children. The bad news is at the age of five, we require a ticket and we're sold out. I said, oh, good. I'm a liar. He's four. <laughs> and of course like I hadn't fed him dinner yet because he was supposed to eat with the sitter I didn't give him a proper nap because I was hoping he would just pass out for her if he was tired you know so just bad parenting 101 so we throw him in an Uber he goes I love Ubers like half asleep I call room service I'm like mommy needs a gin and the baby needs a burger now <laughs> so they like bring up this to go burger he sits in his Uber eating his burger we get him to the concert and he just, I have a picture of the second the band came on, he lit up like a Christmas tree. He was so excited and he just looked giddy in his little gypsy pants. We bought him in Spain. Like it's just a whole thing. And the next night we went to one of my absolute favorite restaurants. It was um by uh, one of the top chef contestants. I don't remember if she won, but Stephanie Izzard and she has Girl on the Goat. Unbelievable restaurant. Every single time. If you haven't been, you got to check it out. It's phenomenal. And so we go and Zane's, you know, before that, we're waiting for our reservation. Of course, I also got like a nine o'clock reservation because it was the only one I could get. And I was like, we're not missing this restaurant. <laughs> so, again, like, you know, psycho mommy. So we're sitting on the, you know, the streets of the West Loop. We find a blues duo and we sit down and Zane goes, I need a cockatiel and a cheese board. And a cockatiel is a sparkling cranberry juice. But he calls it a cockatiel, so you can cheers. And he goes, I need a cockatiel and a cheese board, please. And he lays out on this furniture and goes, I respect this experience. Like, <laughs> That's really funny. That's actually really funny. I'm like, why it's is like... this coming? He respects the truffle cheese and, you know, the... <laughs> So it was just great. And then we go to this dinner and we have a great time. And again, it's just one of those things where then the next day we take him to the Chicago Zoo and there's just different things where he's really, really, you know, got broad horizons and the girls, they love so much things about culture and food. They like to just check out different things. Like we like to do like little trips around the world where we do tapas night. And so we'll listen to Spanish music. We will do, you know, like just different things. We'll do a whole tapas meal. Everybody dresses for dinner and something they think would be very Spanish or we want to do like sushi nights, things like that. We like to do Korean barbecue, just like different things where the kids can interact. And then we actually will learn a little bit about the culture and things like that. Um, I think that's a great idea. And that's a great way to incorporate it at home just to open up the world a little bit. And again, through food, you know, like I think that's so cool that you, um, you know, incorporate different dishes. And that's a great way for families to experience other cultures through food and to get your kids involved in the kitchen and to just bring that around the family table and to open up their worldview a little bit more right at home without having to, you know, go on a big excursion, especially if you feel like your resources are limited. Um, your nephew just came and asked you where his ukulele is. Oh, sword that we bought him at some little thing. Like, well, hey, Zane. Um, well, I guess to wrap it up, is there anything that you'd like to share with anyone tuning in for um, just, you know, something that you'd like to share in your experience as a mom or something in, your, you know, in business that you feel like you just want to leave with somebody? Um, you know, if you could get to somebody right now, what would you tell them? Uh, there will never be the right time. So just always, you know, just enjoy all of the time because I have Bahamas like... money. <laughs> you have Bahamas money. You better give me some. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, there's never going to be a right time to just enjoy all of the time. And again, just, you know, it's easier to say than, than do it because, you know, today it's, it's craziness over here because again, I'm not always so good at it, but being kind to yourself, your partner, and just, you know, trying to be present and respect that it's, everybody gets to have their own feelings in weird off kilter dynamics. Like we're trying for a fourth kid in the household because, you know, God forbid there's ever a calm moment. <laughs> oh, right. Like, why Why would you want to make, like, once you start to feel like you've mastered the game, you're like, why would we just leave it boring and, like, leave like leave the status quo? Let's introduce something else to take yeah. on and navigate. Now that like, we've got all of the balls moving properly. You're like, it's kind of working. Like, it's kind of working. So why not just do that? But I think um, that's why I say you guys, you just go for it. And you're right. There's never the perfect time. Um, and that if you always are waiting for the right moment or for the right conditions or the right opportunity, then your life is just going to pass you by. So just wing it and make it happen. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I congratulate you on all of your success in this whole experience, winging it and really just being gutsy and taking chances. 
Yep, pretty much. We're just going to keep on winging it over here and having some fun and making sure that, you know, we're just having the best time ever. It's, it's one of those things where, like, you know, we'll be at an airport. We've got everybody cracking up at the grocery store. We've got everybody cracking up. It's always chaotic. It's always an experience. It's always a story. And, you know, even on the absolute worst, craziest, most hectic day, I know that I would rather be here with them than anywhere else. So, well, then I think that says it all. I think that tells you that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> I'm just so excited. And, th- and thanks for taking your time and kind of sharing everything and just giving us a little look in. For anybody, um, you can find Abigail's uh, business page on Instagram. It's curated caddy uh, that's c-a-d-d-y you can look at the show notes also um you know follow her business page and you know see if there's um an event that she might be able to assist you with you know always high quality and larger than life (laughs) she fills a wide range of um, requests all the time and you and your husband are you know really great at uh kind of figuring out what it is um, your clients need yeah it's it's definitely something that we have that we pride ourselves in it's like the movie chocolate where she's got that knack for figuring out somebody's favorite chocolate. We have that with people's dishes. Like I always feel like a witch. It just magically appears. So we like making magic. Thanks for having me today. And, you know, this is definitely exciting and it's fun. And I love the idea of just having a little avenue for moms and and families to kind of learn, hear, share, banter, just, Remember that we're not alone. <laughs> oh no, I say it all the time. Special, like, you're not. No, you're not alone. Like that. Um, every I think hiding your crazy and hiding your hard just makes people feel like it. Just it just adds to that feeling of loneliness, or like people just aren't measuring up. And I think people sharing their stories and how they manage to get everything done, and even when it, you know it's like and you know running through airports and it being completely messy, but winding up where you've got to be. It's you know that. Um, life is messy and it's not black and white like you said I always share that too that's why I'm like I love that you said that because it's not and um we I think women really owe it to each other to be honest (laughs) and uh, so I love you know I love that we got to talk a little bit about that today and um how you kind of juggle this thing (laughs) and um hopefully we'll have you on some other time and that Gavin can hop on and kind of share his take on you know dad life because I'm sure that's going to be a riot so I can't wait just don't ask him about wife life. <laughs> no, no. Kid life. Kid life. Kid life. Dad life. Um, all, right. <laughs> all right. I'll keep, I'll, you know, reach out to you guys and uh, we'll hop on here again soon.